We welcome you this evening. Uh, this uh, cold December evening, winter has emerged and, and uh, arrived in all of its glory. Uh, amen. Uh, but we're going to go directly into the word of the Lord this evening. And uh, I'm going to be uh, teaching tonight for a few moments. But then we're going to go into a time of, of prayer, a season of prayer uh, as a congregation. Uh, we have many needs that we want to bring before the Lord, and then at the same time, we want to take a special uh, consideration of a very dire situation for our district superintendent, uh, Pastor Pasley, who is our superintendent, our neighboring pastor, our dear friend, and uh, we want to come to the Lord on his behalf tonight as a congregation. Uh, as he stands in a desperate need of prayer. We uh, were dis- trying to be discreet Sunday about it, not knowing exactly what all information uh, the family was wanting to share, and so we did not uh, share a lot of information. But, but they, of course, have received uh, the prognosis from the uh, medical professionals and are, are asking for uh, prayer quite publicly. Uh, Brother Pasley needs a touch from the Lord in his body. We need to pray specifically uh, for his uh, kidneys and for his heart. And we need to pray that God will give him relief from the fluids that are on his body. And that those fluids will be released from his body, that they can proceed with treatment. Uh, but, But... we pray that a miracle will be done in such a way that the treatment that the medical professionals may have sought to implement, we pray that God will do that treatment. We pray that God will intervene. Amen. And uh, we trust in the Lord for this. And we believe that God has uh, great work for Brother Pasley yet to do. Amen. And to fulfill his vision in this city and to uh, fulfill his vision for our district. And uh, we just are going to believe that and trust in the Lord for that and rebuke any effort of the enemy to come against his body in Jesus' name. And we're going to pray specifically for that uh, this evening. And I want to preface that season of prayer uh, with some teaching of the word of the Lord. And uh, we're going to look at the subject matter tonight that we're going to deal with. It's going to be on the subject, Great Faith. Everybody say great faith. I know that faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. I understand that. And that is so true that you and I can have faith as the grain of a mustard seed and and can move mountains with that kind of faith. Uh, But I want you to know that that's not necessarily referring to a size of faith, as much as it is the operation of faith. The operation of faith is a complete surrender to the powers of God. And and the faith that we are to demonstrate is great faith. Great faith. There are different levels of faith. In one particular place, Jesus spoke to the disciples when they were afraid that they would be capsized in their uh, ship, He looked at them and said, O ye of little faith. So there are 
times of little faith, and Jesus was not impressed by it. I'll say that way. When they said to them, O ye of little faith, one place he said, Where is your faith? You know, it's lacking. It, it, you don't have it on your person. You don't have it in your heart. And so it's important that we demonstrate faith in God. Great faith is, is tied to a great God. God is great. And God is greatly to be praised. And there is every reason in heaven and in earth to put our faith completely in the Lord and to trust his mighty power and to trust his infinite wisdom and to know that he's exceeding and abundantly able to do above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I want you to know that the miracles of the scriptures uh, are tied to people's faith. Tied to people's faith. People would put their faith in God. They would put their faith in God's uh, ability. They would put their faith in God's willingness. You know God has ability. And God has willingness to do according to his good pleasure unto the children of men. We know two things about God. And I try to say this as much as possible. We know that God is great. And we know that God is good. God is great and God is good. God is great. That's why he can part the Red Sea into halves and you can walk through on dry ground. That's the greatness of God. But he's also good in that he's willing to part the Red Sea and into halves and let you walk through on dry ground. God is great in that he can create the sun. But he is good in that he allows the sun to shine upon us and bring warmth. I know today isn't the best of all days to, to convince you of that. But, but thank God that sun was shining just a little bit today. It took the edge off a little bit in December. But God is great in that he's able and he's good in that he's willing. Hallelujah. So God is able to do not just what you ask him to do, but he is able to do above what you ask him to do. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask and all you and I can think. We cannot even think to the degree of God's power that he is able to work on our behalf. And so we put our faith in God. And not only do we put our faith in God, but thank the Lord, we put our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Now, I tried to preach Sunday on the rock, Christ Jesus, and how that our faith is established upon the rock, Christ Jesus. It's important that we understand that when we put our hope in the work of Jesus Christ, it is as a rock under our feet. And when all of the earth is shaking around us, that work of Jesus is a rock under our feet. Hallelujah. The work that he demonstrated over death, the work that he demonstrated over sin, the work that he demonstrated over hell and the grave, the work that he demonstrated over sickness and over disease, that work is a rock under our feet. 
It's not just something that we say out of cliche that Jesus is a rock. It really is the foundation upon which we stand. It really is the foundation upon which we walk. It really is the foundation upon which we build our homes. It is the foundation upon which we build our prayer life. It is the foundation, hallelujah, upon which we hope for eternity. I believe that God manifested himself in flesh. I believe, hallelujah, that God in Christ reconciled the world unto himself, and that includes me. I believe, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is the perpetual sin offering. I believe that he healed all manner of diseases. I believe that he resisted temptation in all points, even as I was tempted. I believe that. I have faith in that I stand on that and when the world is on fire I'll keep my feet planted hallelujah upon what Jesus has done for us Woo, hallelujah oh thank you Jesus that is belief that is belief and and you know what ladies and gentlemen I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further I'll do more than just believe it I'll show you that I believe it by being baptized into his name I'll show you that I believe it by repenting from my sins I'll show God that I believe it I'll show the devil that I believe it I'll show the world that I believe it I'll show my brothers and my sisters that I believe it by praising him by praying to him by worshiping him now that's faith that's faith hallelujah action takes the belief into the dimension of faith and we say we have great faith not because we are great but because God is great how can you have anything but great faith in such a great God hallelujah now, if it, were, if, it were, if it were somebody who had a lot of potential, then I could see why great faith would be a stretch. Be more like, I have great optimism. I have great hopes. I have great dreams. I had great pizza last night. And, and so I'm, I dreamed something up about how something good might happen in my life. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a God who is able. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is able and he is willing to do according to his riches and mercy. Listen, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. We hold on to those promises and we stand upon those promises hallelujah this is God we're talking about this is the Lord of glory that we're talking about and when he walked this earth as the only begotten son of God as Jesus the Christ he healed people and when he healed people it's important to understand what he was doing he was restoring people to the place they were originally to be. They were not, you and I, we are not intended to be people of, of, of no authority, people of helplessness, people of hopelessness. We are to be people of strength and people of, of determination and people of dominion and authority. And so he would come and relieve, hallelujah, the people of their affliction. He would relieve the people of their sickness and of their suffering. And this took place, 
through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in the Lord of glory. We're going to read some of what Jesus did in the word of the Lord. We're going to read from the book of John chapter 5 and verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Hallelujah. Now Jesus got into a lot of trouble with the religious folks because he did that on the Sabbath. The religious folks paid no mind to the fact that this man who had never been able to walk or had been in that position for a long time, had just been healed by the power of God in Jesus Christ, and instead they focused on the trivial part of the equation, that it took place on the Sabbath, and began to persecute him for what he had done on the Sabbath, and missing the big picture, that this man who was impotent in his feet, and unable to walk, was now lifted up, And he didn't have to wait for a certain season. And he didn't have to wait for just the right moment. And he didn't have to wait for an angel to come trouble the water. And he didn't have to wait for the right song to be sung or for the right preacher to preach. He didn't have to wait for the atmosphere to be just perfect. All he needed was for the word of Jesus to come into his life, for him to believe the word of Jesus and to respond to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you know, when we, talk about, when we talk about faith and when we talk about miracles, we, of course, can think in terms of people who maybe there is a sickness, the Scripture says, that is appointed unto death. And that is what frightens us. We think to ourselves, well, what if this is my moment? What if this is my time? There is a sickness appointed unto death. Well, you don't know that, and I don't know that. So pray like you don't know that. Hallelujah. And you pray for people, pray for them like God's going to raise them up out of that bed of affliction. That's what you and I are called to do. We're not called to be the great arbiters and great determiners of when a person is supposed to give up the ghost. We're supposed to hold on to God's unchanging hand, hold up the blood-stained banner, call upon the mighty healing power of God. Hallelujah. Petition his throne night and day, sending up incense of praise calling upon God to move hallelujah on this behalf so that God will intervene 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it is tied to the faith of that individual. It is. It is tied to the faith of that individual. But understand that people can enter into such a season of sickness, into such a season of distress, that their faith comes under attack. And when their faith comes under attack, it becomes difficult for that person to believe beyond what they're feeling in their body. Because what they know in their spirit and in their mind is that God is a healer and God can do anything. I know that he can. But what they're feeling in their body is telling them something completely different. What they're feeling in their body is telling them that, that this is the end. What they're feeling in their body is that all hope is gone. What they're feeling in their mind, what they're seeing in their circumstances is that, that things have become helpless, that they have drifted beyond the point of control. So it is hard to believe when you are so confronted with the facts that are set out before you. This is where the body of Christ comes into action. The body of Christ begins to listen to this, what has become a cliche, but don't let it become cliche. The body of Christ begins to pray for them. The body of Christ begins to believe on their behalf. The body of Christ begins to speak life into them. When all they see around them is sickness, when all they see around them is death, the body of Christ begins to declare the word of life, begins to declare the word of healing. It can happen to anybody. The most, the most full of faith can, can be so, so uh, uh, affected by their immediate surroundings. But this is where the prayers of the saints begin to wage war against the lies of the enemy and against the efforts of the enemy to do harm to the people of the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we pray for people, we're not just saying, oh God, would you please heal so-and-so. We are stepping into their shoes and we're praying the prayers that maybe they're too weak to pray praying the prayers that they can't bring themselves to pray maybe they don't even have physical strength enough to pray so we pray for them we intercede on their behalf and petition the throne of almighty God who has all power in heaven and in earth we petition almighty God who has boundless love for his people hallelujah and we say oh God hear the voice of your children oh God, hear the voice of your people. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9. The scripture talks about the effects of faith in a given situation. Matthew 9, 18. While Jesus spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler, worshipped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come, listen to what he said, and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Jesus arose. He was going to do it. He's going to do it. Followed him. And so did his disciples. Now, in the book of John, we are made to understand that when Jairus first approached Jesus, the daughter was sick. And then as Jesus went, she died. But both accounts, of course, are true. But we get a different picture in the sense that Jesus got up to heal a sick daughter and on the way there he was he was detained by the press of the crowd and she proceeded to die Matthew of course describes how that Jesus was on his way to raise her from the dead 
So he rose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Verse 20, Behold, a woman which is diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Now, what's interesting about that is that this woman with the issue of blood had a physical condition that, that would cause Jesus to be made unclean by the fact that she touched his garment. He was not to be in contact with someone with an issue of blood. When she touched the hem of his garment, he should have been made unclean. But instead of running off and hiding from this woman who was unclean by the fact that she had an issue of blood, instead of doing that, Jesus turned himself about. And when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You didn't think it would be possible. You've sent, you've sent yourself to the physicians for 12 years and they've given you a bad report over and over and over. But you came through this crowd, through the press of this crowd. You interrupted my schedule. You even risked being rebuked for touching a man of Jesus' stature, touching the hem of his garment, making him unclean in the eyes of the perfect law. But Jesus, instead of rebuking her, said, be of good comfort, your faith Faith has worked, and your faith hath made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that very hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he saith unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn. When the people were put forth, notice that he put those people forth. Now I'm just going to throw this in there, and, and I, I, there's no way I can expound on it. I don't even know if I understand all of it. But I'm just going to point out that we understand through the multiple accounts of this story that that woman with the issue of blood had had that issue of blood for 12 years. This girl that he was raising from the dead was 12 years old. That means the moment that this woman received an issue of blood in her body was the same moment that this little girl was born. I don't know the correlation, but... Something is interesting about that. Hallelujah. But Jesus walks into Jairus' house and he, and he says to the people who have laughed him to scorn because he said she's not dead. She's just asleep. People say she's dead. Jesus says she's asleep. Notice the difference in vocabulary. God said the, Jesus said the same thing about Lazarus. He's not dead. He's only asleep. See, what we put in the grave and bury six feet under and throw soil on top of it and shut away from our lives forevermore God says is only asleep and there's coming a day when all it will need is a little nudge hallelujah and it will come back to life thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so he put them all forth out of the room he said everybody laughing and everybody that doesn't take this seriously gone out because he doesn't want any doubt in the room hallelujah he doesn't want doubt in the room. We, need, we have too much doubt in our lives. And we spend too much time doubting and we spend too much time with doubters. And we listen too much to doubtful disputations. The scripture calls it doubtful disputations. We listen to doubt that disputes what we know is true of the Lord. 
he put all that doubt out of the room and said, go forth. He put them forth from the room. And the Bible says when they were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. When he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Because that's very important. If you don't believe I'm able to do this, then, then, then it was nice meeting you. Y'all have a great day. But he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said unto him, yay, Lord. And that's what you've got to say. Yay, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe. They said, yay, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. They were good at getting miracles, but they weren't so good at obeying. They went, they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. Hallelujah. When the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisee said he casted out devils through the prince of the devils. Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now that's not, that, listen, that's not just hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. That is purposefully placed in the gospel according to Matthew because he is letting us know that Jesus sought out every sickness and every disease because one by one he was taking authority over every sickness and over every disease that exists in this world. I'm going to tell you, there is no virus that has mutated to a point that Jesus doesn't already have the authority over that virus. There is no cancer that they have yet to discover that Jesus doesn't already have authority over that cancer. He sought out every sickness. He sought out every disease. He tracked them down and he took dominion over them. And the power over that sickness is in the blood of Jesus. And the authority over that disease is in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. We're not, just, we're not just finding words to rhyme in a pretty little song when we say there's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Wonder working power in the blood we're talking about real life and we're talking about a real God and we're talking about real power and we're talking about real blood and we're talking about real authority over every sickness and over every disease hallelujah hallelujah he healed every sickness and every disease among the people but when he saw the multitudes He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. 
Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Can I tell you the reason you're here? Because somebody was praying the Lord of the harvest. And the Lord of the harvest heard the cry and sent you into the fields. Oh, that's what this is. This isn't a sanctuary. This is a field. That's what Cincinnati is. It's not the queen city. It's the field. Hallelujah. That's what Montgomery and Blue Ash and Kenwood and Madeira, every place you can imagine in Newport and St. Bernard and Florence and Mason and Milford and Coleraine. That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the field of God. He has sent us into this city. He has called you and I out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. There were folks Folks, praying for you and I that didn't even know what our names were going to be. But their prayer slipped into heaven, got the attention of God, and God foreordained that we would walk in his glory. And you can walk away from his foreordination all you want to. And every devil in hell will try to get you to do it. But oh, if you would walk in his footsteps, if you'd let your steps be ordered of the Lord, then your life's purpose would come into order and you would do what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jairus said, my daughter needs a miracle could you come lay your hand upon her and she shall live? This is a ruler of the synagogue. Jairus has said this. Come lay your hand upon her and she shall live. This is the way the Jews had experienced miracles. I'm waiting for an angel to come down and to trouble the water. But every time I go to jump in, somebody gets in front of me. This is the way they experienced miracles. Elijah laid himself out across a young man. And that young man came back to life. Elisha did the same thing. That young man came back to life. They were used to the man of God stepping into the circumstances physically and, and laying his hand upon them. As a matter of fact, if you read on in John chapter 5, uh, you get into, or Matthew chapter 8 rather, which we're about to read, you begin to read how that Jesus walked into Peter's mother's room where she lay of a fever and he touched her and the fever left her. She got up and ministered unto him. So she got up and like made him a quick meal. She was laying there sick of a fever and he just walked in and touched her. That's what the Jews were used to. But in Matthew chapter 8, watch what happens. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. Now this wasn't a ruler of the synagogue. This was a Roman centurion. This was somebody who had not been, pardon the expression, tainted by so many years of seeing religious tradition done a certain way. 
And because he did not have that taint upon his perspective, he had open faith. If God is who they say he is, then he can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that we would have faith as a child. Oh, that we would have faith as this Roman centurion. Glory to God, who said, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to them that followed them, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west. That's us. And shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He said, this man right here is an example of what I've come to do. I've come to look for faith, faith, faith. And faith says, Lord, even if you can't walk under the roof of my house, you can speak the word. And by the power of the word only, my servant shall be healed. The power is in the word, the word, the word, the word of God. Hallelujah, the word of God. Hallelujah. Now we're going to pray in just a moment. And we're going to pray for several people who have need. And we're going to invite people to come forth and pray. And, and we're just going to believe God to do many wonderful things tonight. Amen. Can, can God do it on a Wednesday night? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can God do it on a Wednesday night? Glory to his holy name. I said, can God do it on a Wednesday night? Hallelujah. Did he, did he, does he have to be penciled in for Sunday morning? Does he have to be penciled in when the evangelist is in town? Or can God just move when he wants to move? Hallelujah. When people call upon his mighty name, when people call upon his mighty power. Hallelujah. Let me show you the power of prayer in the scriptures. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. Now that's, that's about 16 soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison by 16 soldiers. But prayer, hallelujah, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Hallelujah. Here this ungodly king named Herod had come against the man of God, Peter. And Peter was kept in prison because of an attack of the enemy upon the church. And it looked like all hope was lost. And they had, they had just killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And Herod felt like he was on a roll. And it pleased the Jews. And he said, we're going to take Peter also. And he took Peter also. And it looked like all hope was gone. You have to understand and imagine with me how they must have felt. James was killed by the sword and now Peter is brought into prison. But they didn't stop praying just because of things that had happened in the past. 
Don't allow your prayers to be hindered by remembering someone in the past that was not healed. Listen, I don't know why God didn't get, didn't didn't you know strike with lightning the the executioner who killed James the brother of John with the sword. I don't know why he didn't do that. Apparently, God was going to allow James to be a martyr for the cause of Jesus Christ. He allowed Stephen to be a martyr for the cause of Jesus Christ. It happened in the word of God. But when it came to Peter right here right now, it was not his time to go and if we'll pray, God will intervene on his behalf you can't sit back and say oh boy I've seen somebody go through this before and they're not going to make it out because I've seen how this digresses and how this progresses no sir no ma'am that's not how the church operates we pray without ceasing unto God for miracles signs and wonders to be wrought stretch forth thine hand to heal oh God stretch forth thine hand to heal oh God Hallelujah. Each one of us can point to people that we hoped would be healed, but God did not see fit to heal them. But we can also point to people that we thought were going to die, but God brought them out all right. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, our role is to pray without ceasing. Our role is to believe in the power of God. Our role is to petition the power of the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're a healer. Thank you, Jesus, that you're a miracle-working God. Thank you, Jesus, that your power is displayed throughout the earth. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Hallelujah. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two of the 16 soldiers, bound with two chains. The keepers before the door kept the prison. Behold, hallelujah, the angel of the Lord came upon him. A light shined in the prison. I'm going to tell you, God can move into whatever circumstances. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Right now, Brother Pasley's in a hospital room. He's caught between a rock and a hard place. The options they're giving him, none of those options sound good. Every one of them are going to require a miracle. But I'm going to tell you, if we could pray unto God, an angel of the Lord can show up. Hallelujah in that place. Hallelujah. Light can shine into, into that place area that hospital room hallelujah glory to god the angel of the lord can show up the bible says he smote peter on the side raised him up saying arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him gird thyself bind on thy sandals so he did he saith unto him cast thy garment about thee and follow me Get your coat, 
Get your hat, get your gloves, get your scarf. It's cold outside. Hallelujah. Don't worry about this, this medical instrument. And don't worry about this medical instrument. Follow me. Hallelujah. Don't worry about this prison guard or that prison guard. Follow me into the deliverance of God. Hallelujah. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. I mean, that's, I mean, Peter's a man of great faith, but even Peter was like, man, this is one crazy dream. Wow. And he's walking along thinking that he's just seeing a vision, looking at this angel like, I don't even want to wake up. I just want to keep on going as long as this vision will take me. He thought he saw a vision when they were past the first ward. Hallelujah. When they were past the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. They went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many, hallelujah, were gathered together praying. That's what we're about to do. We're going to gather together and we're going to pray. We're going to gather together and pray. And as Peter knocked at the door, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. They said unto her, thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, it is his angel. In other words, he's already dead. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Hallelujah. He said unto them, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Ladies and gentlemen, I read the remaining portion of that passage to let you know the kind of faith these people had. They had faith enough to pray. We can see from their reaction, they weren't fully expecting him to show up at the door. Don't ever think you don't have enough faith to move God into a circumstance or a situation. Hallelujah. You can look at yourself and say, but I don't even know that I have enough faith. Oh, yes. Yeah, listen, let me tell you the biggest step of faith you could ever take is to open up your mouth and speak to the God you can't even see with your eyes. Hallelujah. That's a step of faith right there. If the world looked in on you, they'd call you crazy. Just open up your mouth and start talking to the invisible God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Who is made manifest by the things he has created. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask our ministering brethren who are prepared to do so brother john if you could come we're going to have we're going to we're going to we're going to let worship fill this house the word of the lord is about to go forth hallelujah and these brethren are going to pray over brother pasley pray over his kidney pray over his kidneys is over his heart hallelujah over the 
touch of God that's going to come upon his body. In faith believing. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We have declared oneness of the body of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hallelujah. We have planted our feet on the rock Christ Jesus and said we shall not be moved. And I'm going to tell you, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Hallelujah. There the Lord commands the blessing. God's going to command a blessing here tonight in the name of Jesus. Brother Tierney, if you will come and start us off, we're going to declare the word of God into this circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can tell you right now, the presence of the Lord is in this place right now. The presence of the Lord is in this place right now. The presence of faith is in this place right now. And the presence of healing is in this place right now. If you need to be healed tonight, receive it. If you know someone that needs to be healed tonight, receive it. I want to pray right now like a book of Acts Church tonight. I want to pray with the boldness of a book of Acts Church tonight. If we can all stand, I want to look at Acts chapter 4, 29 through 31 real quick. And 29 says, And now, Lord, behold, they're threatening and granted to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake with the word of God boldness in the name of Jesus Lord we hold up Brother Pasley tonight. Norman Pasley, Lord God, we approach your throne, Lord God, for him. Jesus holding him up tonight. Touch his kidneys tonight. Right now, be in that hospital room right now, Lord God. Direct the doctors, Lord God. Touch his body tonight, Lord God. Everything, Lord Jesus, must respond to your name. The name of Jesus take authority over this principality the name of Jesus take authority over these kidneys the name of Jesus take authority over this sickness over the heart over the organs Lord God in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Jesus touch him right now Lord God in the name of Jesus hallelujah move on him Lord God in this place Lord God